It's the Duffin' Up Podcast. All right, Duff Daddies and Duff Mamas, we have on a very, very special guest for you this week. My man is over here working his absolute tail off making Pocasset Country Club one of the most beautiful country clubs in the New England area. He is very, very well known throughout uh, all of the New England area for his uh, fantastic growth of the game, especially on the Cape and Islands. And it's one of the things that we really appreciate. Uh, we have on Daniel Peterson, also known as the Greenskeeper, on this week. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on this week. Absolutely. First question, and this is a very, very deep question. What is the most diabolical pin that you have ever placed on any green ever? Well, uh, I put a pin that one day I thought was okay. I'm always more for a challenging pin. I, 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 I love golfing. I love coming up on a, a green that I'm like, man, that's diabolical. Well, you know, uh, was, so I learned if you're in a tournament for a club that you belong to, you don't so much like diabolical pits. And this person withdrew from the tournament and made these wild proclamations and there, there has never been a pin there again. <laughs> I love that. You got to play it how it lies. You got to. That's what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> it has happened a number of times. It's yeah. taken a good three or four years for me to like be like, all right, it's all you guys. Like, I, I have all maybe for take batter, good, like easy, easy lemon squeezy, baby. I am all for a good built-in excuse, but but pin placement has never been my excuse. Um, it's always my fault. Oh, like it was too early in the morning or. Uh, I, I was tight. I was sore. I, uh, mentally I'm not here, but with that, I've never blamed a, a greenskeeper. Um, so that person, must bet, you know, I bet, I bet if you were honest with yourself in the moment, you have cursed my name up and down. Oh, 100% factual statement. By the way, well, never <laughs> at Pocasset country because I've never played your lovely course. However, I know for a fact that I have hit uh also i have i mean brian you're probably the same way where where you hit it right at the the day or it's actually really like two or three days old cup but like you hit it at the at the day old cup and yeah. you and you hit it right there and you're just like no no yeah i so, i would have so many hole outs and hole in ones if if it was in the opposite location uh, or the old location but also if it was the current location, I'd be aiming there and I wouldn't be cl coming close to it. So maybe <laughs> nowhere should, near it. Yeah. So that, if that says anything, I should maybe not aim for the pin <laughs> because it's not. Now, now saying that I did see somebody one day, I was watering the green. I was right next to the green hose in my hand. This dude sank it like all cop, no green, no, no turf, no pin, no nothing. I watched this ball just right in the hole and i threw my hands up and i'm pointing at these guys and they're in their mid 70s like they cannot see me from 120 yards away like <laughs> and they're just looking at me like i'm this, this alien down here and they come down and they're still not excited and i'm like buddy you got a hole in one he's like 
oh, what are you talking? I was like, go to the hole. And he goes and he looks down and then he looks over at me and I'm like, well, is what I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> it went in the hole with like switch. Woo, switch. Wow. Is that is that a is that the only time you've seen seen a hole in one or how many? Hole in uh, one? I've I've seen a number of them. I've that, played with people with them. I'm not gonna ruin the end of the podcast and let you know whether I've got one or not. But I've seen many of them, um, just off and on from the tee from the green. And like it's one of the most exciting things. I bet. I mean, that's you're you're there day in day out, and you're working on on the green, so. No one's gonna see more than uh, than you. That's <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's even really cool. even just good shots. I mean, when you hit a pure shot, like both of you have hit a pure shot before. What have if somebody was just you? standing there watching? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I love I love uh, like w- just watching approach shots. I like when if you're in like a tournament or the, you have a bunch of groups with all your buddies. I love being the first one, so you see people approaching and coming coming in and uh and not having people watch you do it as well i guess but uh but no that that's so cool i just want to i want to backtrack it a little bit um so uh greenskeeper at a uh, uh, pocasset uh, is it pocasset or uh how do you pronounce it exactly pocasset pocasset uh golf club and so you you being um uh working working on the course there how did you get into to what you're doing how long have you been doing it where have you been at other clubs all these things. Give us a backstory. Who is Dan Peterson? Well, I started, um, I was working at Stop and Shop in high school, and I got to tell you, I hated it. I would have guessed Market Basket. Giving <laughs> yeah. Massachusetts. No, well, we didn't have a Market Basket. It was oh, just Stop and Shop is the closest. They hadn't, they hadn't expanded yet, Brian. Even right. <laughs> The most that's just a couple I'm years ago Massachusetts, so that's i always poke fun it's always you're from ma- down the road you're from i, I live Island. in brookline now but i'm in Rhode Island. we don't have market basket it was a german company oh yeah. Shaw's, no, baby like, team so Shaw's. I, I grew up on star market all right so here we go star market i was a star market kid the so joke is own, uh, the Shaws or Star Market, WEI, Red Sox Radio Network. Radio Network. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buy concrete from my brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> no, so I, I worked at Stop and Shop, hated it. Uh, awful. So I reached out, or, you know, I, I asked my mom to reach out to some of the people she knew. And one of them said, go talk to Steve Carr. He was the long-standing superintendent at Pocasset. I talked to him. He brought me in on one weekend and just year after year after year, I worked more, gained more experience. There was never a full-time job open, so I had to leave. And I went and I ran a market, uh, like a, that was a deli manager. It was a deli, uh, butcher shop uh sliced meats prepared foods i mean you name it food guy i you know through and through hated it i'm an outdoor cat i prefer when my customers see me from 300 yards away and want me to get the hell out of the way like i don't want people locking eyes with me and being like hey you come here i want to talk to you like no i want them to be like hey you 
get out of the way. But perfect. Works for me. Uh, he called me up one day and said, you want to get back in the business? I said, absolutely. Um, he sent me to UMass Amherst. They have a wonderful program. If anybody's listening and they want in, go to UMass Winter School. It is a certificate program that's six weeks. It gives you all of the underlying information that you're going to need to know to be successful in this business. Everybody that I know has been there. It's a it's a quick way for you to be like, oh, did you do winter school? Oh, I did like, a, you know, it, it, it's great. I did that, passed the side license, came back as the second assistant. And from there, I've, you know, worked my way up to doing more than what a second assistant might be you know, uh, hired for, uh, what with the pictures and dealing with membership and going to meetings and, you know, uh, up and putting on tournaments with the Cape Cod golf guys, which everyone will meet a couple weeks from now. Um, I've just always loved golf. I mean, I, I started, my mom put me into lessons with my older cousin when I was four. And by put me into lessons, I mean, she paid extra for the guy to just babysit me. <laughs> you know, I, I just hit golf balls. I've been hitting golf balls my whole life. I love it. I want to see people play. I want to see people have fun. And that's where I'm at now. I mean, just trying to get golf out to the masses. I love that. I, that's, yeah. I mean, what a, what a uh, journey to get to where you are, but it's, that's awesome. That's a really cool, cool story. I mean, it's, it's no, no accident how we, how we all get into and, and get the golf bug and fall in love with the game. Um, it doesn't, doesn't happen overnight, um, but it certainly happens quick. That's definitely for yeah. sure. And, and there, and lucky enough, you, you've made a career out of it um, and, and going into, into, Very the, into the golf industry. I'm always keeping an eye out for uh, positions at Titleist and, and such to maybe I can switch my nine to five to maybe oriented towards uh, a the golf industry, but because I'm definitely not making it uh, playing, uh, that's for sure. So, no sir, both, no sir. Most people aren't. Don't quote me on that, but most people aren't. I would say a good ninety nine point nine nine percent of golfers out there are gonna make uh, zero dollars and zero cents uh, from their golfing careers. Most of them will probably lose money just betting with each other. So, oh, oh man. But I, is... I, I love the fact that, you know, my first set of clubs came from my grandfather when he passed away, like graphite shafts. I mean, where I have videos of, you know, me hitting nuclear missiles off the tee. Like if you saw that and then I told you I used to hit graphite shafts, you'd be like, and how many did you stamp? Like, I don't, but I didn't because I had no clubs behind that. So I had to learn how to hit those. Like, hmm. but you no. can, and it, it's open to everybody. Yeah. I, I got, I haven't played minus woods, obviously, but I don't think I've played graphite shafts and probably since I was 10. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So, oh, yeah. No, my hands would be here, but I'd, I'd be hitting the ball from here, <laughs> like with a five iron, like, all right, sure, whatever works, man. 
now how did that go when you switched over to steel shafts how 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 was that how was that experience well so my clubs now are are um blades because somebody you know didn't like their clubs they gifted them to me and like now i've had to back my way into playing like really difficult clubs and like oh it's a it's a whole other world yeah Mm. for sure i was never good at it either but you know I can, I can game them. Yeah. I, I remember when I was going to get fitted and Raga, I don't know when you went to, like, I thought I could like maybe hit blades and then they just like looked at me and they laughed and they were like intermediate clubs. I was like, okay, I'll take the Callaway apexes. And sure enough, they have been an absolute godsend because they are wonderful, but I absolutely forgiving the most. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you go in with the the blade mindset, and you come out with the highest MOI, most forgiving golf club, and that's. I mean, it's whatever works. That's why you get fitted. It's you go and and you you they build the clubs, bit catered to your to your golf game. And obviously, our golf game is not exactly top tier or blade level, where we're hitting the ball in the same spot on the face every time consistently. Um, if that, I mean. I would love to see a ball pattern on my, on my club uh, just to see where I hit, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely, yeah. it, it is swaggy to hit blades, but um, I, I, I don't want to look swaggy and play shitty. No. And I, I get that. I mean, my, the clubs I have now are from, you know, a, a pro, not a, not a PGA pro, but like a golf pro. And they were the prototype before they came out with like, it was the X type or the R type or something. There was, there were two years that they ran these prototypes and sent them out to people. Hmm. And like, nobody has, like, I've never seen anyone with the same clubs. And like, I, yeah, I don't know, like I just fit my game to them as much as I suck with them. Like I had, my next, my next thing I'm going to do is go get fitted. It has to be. It's I, I am such a big advocate. I've probably said it on this podcast a, a, a zillion times. I mean, if you have half the means and, and the, the money to, to be able to get, uh, go and get yourself fitted. Um, even if it's just for a, a, one club or, or just irons or just wedges, I a hundred percent am, uh, encourage you to do it because it's, it's the difference between wearing like a tailored suit or just one off the rack or wearing a, si- a shoe that's the wrong size. I mean, um, it, it really does add a whole new element to, to your golf game. It's, it's, it's really, I am a huge advocate for it. And thankfully I've been fortunate enough to, to get my driver fitted and my irons. Um, and it really has made a difference. It could also be 50% mental knowing that the clubs were made for me, but, it, but it really is like, I was obviously, I was hitting, irons off the rack and uh they were probably too long for me or or too short or whatever it is and then also the the flex on the shaft and um and honestly they actually did um give me uh an oversized uh like grip for all my my irons and my driver um just like one step above so because i was wearing through my my golf glove gripping the club the smaller smaller grip it's just like little things like that um that i know not a it's not a scam to go get fitted. It's, it's definitely. No, it isn't. It matters. Um, it, Especially it is, with the drivers. Yeah. 
I just that that was my most recent fitting was my driver. I got the G four twenty five Max, and that um, I don't know if it is still, but last year or a year and a half ago when I when I got it, it was the highest, the most forgiving iron on the market, and I'm like, that's perfect. I need forgiveness. I uh, need, yeah, I need to go to confession to, for all the forgiveness and all the, the shanks the sins that I've committed. Um, so I, I well, think just came out their new driver too. I forget the name of it, but it looks very nice and it is at a very, very high price point. Oh, oh it is. I think it's 700 bucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Good. But trust me, my side of golf does not pay well enough for ping drivers. <laughs> It, I mean, uh, honestly, it was the, the shaft that was more, more money than than anything um, that they they put me on with, and I couldn't tell one shaft from the other other than the flex. I don't know the the technology that goes in the shaft, but it was it was a big part was the the um, the shaft price yeah. on top of getting it off the rack at a already high price. But I digress. Enough about me. Back to you, Dan. Um, yeah. So like. Uh, walk us through a, uh, a day in the life of Dan. I mean, I know every day is probably different, um, but like, what is, what's it like, like, is, what's the strategy to you approaching the golf course and doing what you do day in and day out or uh, like on a weekly schedule kind of thing? Like, I know you, you rotate different things, like walk us through that, get, get, put us into the, the mind of, of Dan. I really want to. All right. That. So there are things like we change cups Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, you have new cups. The only days that you're playing on Dale cups are Tuesday, Thursday. We try to hand mow greens Monday, Tuesday, basically all week. We try and hand mow greens with walk behinds. And then on the weekends due to staffing, we use triplexes, which don't give as close a cut, as nice a cut. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we mow fairways, collars, and approaches, step cut. Uh, five days a week, we're out mowing rough. We try and get to bunkers um, as much as we can. Every Friday, we do a full bunker rake for the weekend. Um, I would just like to remind everybody out there, I know it gets lost in the sauce sometimes, but bunkers are a hazard, okay? So if they're not perfect, they're a hazard. You know, have you ever hit in the water and been like, man, that was hard water? I'm like, no, you haven't. <laughs> but you, go, you hit into a bunker and you're like, man, that was like concrete. Yeah, well, don't hit into it. Um, but, you know, I, I, you know, that's me being funny, but like, I like that. I like that's gonna get that's gonna get a lot of that's gonna yeah. that's gonna get cut up for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Employee wise, we try and do it, but the bunkers are kind of at the bottom of the list because you mm -hmm. can always do it after. It's tough. Once tea times start the amount of work we can do on a hole is cut by 80%. I mean, the numbers are out there. I don't have them in front of me, but we have like two and a half hours. It's very much like a restaurant. If the restaurant opens at 11, 
and everybody comes in at nine, you have two hours to do everything you can. And once that door opens, you could get two golfers or two people trying to eat, or you could get two groups of 18 people who want full service appetizer, soups, salads, food, desserts, the whole nine yards. Like we have to be ready for that. I call it setting the table. Every single day we go out there and we try and set the table as best as we can for whoever's golfing. Then we come behind them and we do, you know, the rough mowing, the fly mowing, which is the grass around the bunkers. You've probably seen videos of it, the hover mower that hits the banks, um, I, you name it. I mean, the edge and sprinkler heads so you can see the yardage markers, uh, all that stuff. We, we try and do that after. And then beyond that, every year, we need to aerate greens, we need to aerate fairways, we need to aerate tees, collars, approaches. I just recently finished um, this really cool machine. It's called the Ventrec. It has a really like great attachment called the Aerovator, which aerates, shakes the ground, and seeds at the same time. So you go around all the roughs and you aerate it, seed it, and hopefully next year it all comes in. And when you guys, you know, one in every, what, 18 holes hit one off of the fairway, you're going to be in some nice rough, you know? I will be in that rough 18 <laughs> out of 18 holes, honestly. It'll be great. Um, what if, I mean, Dan, that's an unbelievable. That's, that sounds like a dream. Um, I do want to ask, what are, obviously aeration is one of, if not the most important things that you can do to a golf course to keep it sustainable. The most important. Yes. I, I said one of, if not the most. So I we'll think the most. Yeah, but I, I want to remove that one. If not, I, I want the most important thing. And the most frustrating for all of yes. us. <laughs> and I will agree to that because I am on the other side of this too. I'm a golfer. I understand. My biggest, my biggest problem with this, and it happens, is if you wait until October to aerate, all of a sudden you could hit a cold stretch and the grass isn't growing. And it's not going to grow around those holes. It's not going to fill in. Mm -hmm. And then you have openings all winter for cold and snow and ice to get down and hurt you into spring and then you have to like figure that out in the spring I mean it, September was so perfect for us they're totally healed up now they're like uh, as perfectly playable as you can imagine and then come spring they're going to be even better you know you, you're you're walking that thin line of pushing aeration back to a point where you're not going to recover from it. Mm. That, I yeah. mean, and, Especially you know, in the Northeast, I feel like it's, it's obviously a different 
different that whole different a- ball game down south because you have so many more months uh, of warmth and, and all that and and the bermuda grass brendan you can and it, yeah and we'll, beautiful we'll bermuda grass no I'm kidding. yeah <laughs> it also depends and i will say a course that has more uh larger budget more help more equipment can recover from it in october better than a public course you know that doesn't have the time the money or the equipment public courses should be aerating in as early as september as they can because they will heal on their own without much help a course like ours you know i'd say october 1st i mean we top dress them they're not that i actually kind of like them they i mean they they roll true i mean you know they get it done early get it mm-hmm. done get it out of the way you've had such, from april totally agree it's such a tight window exactly what brian said too like if you and i totally understand where you're coming from like when you go down to you know, down south, like they can aerate in November. Like they can aerate. I mean, I feel like half the time they should aerate, like basically during the summer because no one plays down there during the summer because it's a hundred bazillion degrees in Florida. But you know, um, they can aerate at a lot of different times. Like we have such a tight window up here that like you just kind of have to like roll with it, and you and you definitely have to make sure that um, the course is not just there for this year, but for years to come. With that being said, do you agree aeration should be 50% off or aeration should have a should have a 50% discount when you're playing it? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get tied down to an exact percentage, but if you're a golf course that isn't telling people that those greens are aerated and let people decide, then you're doing people dirty. You know, that is, I absolutely, and and that's not, and that's not day of saying, hey, by the way, we aerated. Like that should be on your website when you're booking or when you're calling in booking that tee time. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's a little different you uh, being at a, a private course, but but yeah, it's it's a hundred percent. Well, there there there's a public course right up the street, and they're probably not going to be able to aerate this year because their whole thing was, we'll aerate you know, as we go in between play and they've been as busy as they've ever been forever and they're not going to be able to do it. So next year, you know, plan on a day that are two days that you aerate and go from there. Everybody knows you aerate it. And I don't see a problem with that. I mean, there's plenty that uh, like, I see it all the time. There's so much you can work on in your game before the green that you should be able to hit up to the green. And like, if it so sickens you, just pick your ball up and move to the next hole because you're getting a deal. You know, there is some money off. Like it's not, you know, the hundred dollar tea time you were getting. Um, yeah, I think there's room for everybody at the table. I couldn't agree more. Look at that coming together, coming together in the golfing world to discuss how much aeration is needed, but still, God damn it. Give me a discount. Yeah, <laughs> no, I get it. I'm there. I'm, oh yeah, I'm with you. 
Now, now, how big of a crew crew do you got uh, work, working? Uh, so we're we're seven people year round. That includes superintendent, assistant, myself, mechanic, and three year round um, general maintenance guys. Uh, some of the top clubs around have nine or ten year round. We get seven or eight seasonal guys the top clubs will get up to 15. now also the difference between that our club has an average age of uh like 67 for their maintenance worker like yeah. that's with me on the maintenance like <laughs> the, like it's old but at hyannisport you know, uh, when superintendents retire and they retire to the Cape, they go and work seasonally at Hyannisport. Like, and Oyster Harbor is like, they, they work at these high-end clubs that, you know, you're not just getting someone who wants to mow some rough and then play free golf. You're getting someone who knows why you're mowing that rough and when to skip it and when to bring something to your attention who also just wants to play golf there's a big difference there right and that's yeah. what i was that's what i was gonna ask i mean um seems to be like the seven that that you have um that aren't general maintenance are they have some type of degree or um certificate or or some kind of education around turfology is that is that the term or is it uh turf, uh, turf yeah. management uh, and, and no, um, the general, the general maintenance guys, which are at every course, generally don't have that certificate degree, whatever. It's somebody who is reliable, who is trustworthy, who works well, who has kind of a broad history of work, who can, you know, rewire a light for you. Do we have a guy that does stonework that mwah, chef's kiss? He, he does an amazing job. Like, and you wouldn't think that that would be something you hired for, but like, think of an end of a cart path. I mean, this guy is out there cutting cobblestone to make like beautiful ends of cart paths, it will, like with designs and stuff. Like, that can be worth very much worthwhile. Um, and I'm assuming really, there's, like, there's a hierarchy. I know probably the, the best of the best are, are cutting are mowing the greens. You don't have someone just started out mowing the greens and it's like, what's like, that, the, the, like, what's the step progression in regards to duties? Uh, like what's, I guess, what's that the highest, like the most impressive, like if we see someone out there yeah. mowing the green, then you're like, okay, that's, that's the best, uh, best thing. So that. If someone's mowing greens, they've, they've proven themselves one way or another. That's kind of a superintendent decision. Some are more comfortable with teaching someone who's new, who has proven themselves to be trustworthy. Or it could be, you know, the superintendent won't allow anyone who hasn't worked here for five years. I think, in my personal opinion, like the more equipment, you're sent out to run the higher up you are um if they're okay with you 
taking a piece of equipment that you've rented from their friend's golf course and running it for a week and a half. Like they trust you. I mean, that that's not something that you can just put to the side. Like it's not just, just green. I mean, greens are obviously where the money's made. Um, but it is, you know, it's not impossible to teach someone who's new how to mow greens. Just the the room for error, I feel like, is is uh, very slim. Uh, and the oh yeah, no, slim. trust me, you get one chance, and if you do good, you get a second chance, and if you do good, you get a third. I'm roughly on my ten thousandth chance, but like, let me tell you, if I fall off, like I lose, I lose that real quick. I mean, you don't get to. F up the greens at all uh, and keep doing that. I was going to say my, my buddy, he started, he did a summer, a summer gig down at um, shelter Harbor in Rhode Island. And uh, he was, yeah, he, he, he was like, yeah, I, did, I don't, I did not able to touch uh, T boxes and greens. He's like, I, uh, I'm just rake, raking bunkers for the most raking part. bunkers. Yeah, yeah, there we go. The <laughs> amount of people who will show up for a few months and like never touch anything other than a bunker rake. Like, I'm sorry, man. We just really needed someone to rake bunkers. Like, yeah. I mean, I I rake bun- bunkers like nine times around uh, <laughs> all the time because <laughs> that's I hit it exactly. I think Donald Ross and I share the same mind of where the the bunker should go because that's where I, I everywhere I hit it, it's, it's in a bunker yeah. and it's always a Donald Ross. I know uh, Picasso, it's a uh, Donald Ross as well. Freaking Donnie. He's, I, I curse his name more than anybody on this planet. Um, but, I uh, but I love him. Well, but you don't like his gentle handshake on the first hole. <laughs> yeah. That's, but that, yeah, don't get my hopes up. <laughs> I, yeah. That it just bones me from two through 18. <laughs> Oh, I love, I love working at a Donald Ross because whenever I play with people, I'm like, all right, false front. Yep. So they don't club up and they yep. hit right on the collar. I'm like, Hey man, I told you. Yeah. Like, Undulating greens, false front. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Bunkered yeah. surrounding the greens. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's made us, uh, it's definitely one of the, obviously one of the, the most world renowned, um, architects but he's definitely especially around his his stint up here in the northeast we are blessed with so many of his designs and um that's kind of what we're used to is just that that alone i mean yeah it's uh it's it's all about like play play your uh play it how is how it lies play your own course play what you know um i mean it's it's no secret why some some people tiger plays well at at uh links courses and it's just what you grew up playing yeah. or what you've grown up accustomed uh liking i guess in that sense or yeah i mean i've i've been in more donald ross's bunkers than i care to imagine like i hit into a bunker now and i hit smooth uh i'm good out of the bunker and people are always surprised i'm like no no, no i grew up in them like don't worry about it like <laughs> don't expect this to like bleed into any other part of my game like I right. hit smooth bunker shots, terrible everything else. That's, I mean, that's like me. I'm a I'm a wizard punching out of the woods just because I'm there all the time. I'm like I can hit yeah. a, a, a a hooded five iron punch <laughs> out of the trees before <laughs> yeah. before I can uh, hit a, a and also honestly I'm better from the rough too. If I'm a, have a nice beautiful drive on the fairway, 
I'll fuck it up, honestly, yeah. because I'm like, this is too nice of grass. I'm used to being like in this long ass grass or root, rooty, rocky soil. Um, so that's too funny. Yeah. Oh, I was on Chappie the other day. I hit, I hit a drive that there's one long bar for. I hit it into the woods. So I hit a terrible shot. And then I take the five iron. I hit it under a tree, under a tree, like down, up, and around, and roll it up onto the green. They're like, where did that come from? I was like, practice, man. I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> I practiced that shot more than I have the tee shot. So I have, I have said it a few times, not on this podcast, but just in general in life, that I think driving ranges, because some have grass, grass mats grass, uh, and the, or, uh, or normal mats, I think they should have at least all the way to the right or all the way to the left, a wooded area. Like they I'm, should I'm have, trying, like, I'm trying at Bocasset. Yeah. Uh, are you put in the practice area? I've been clearing away this area in the woods and I've been trying to sell people on like a woods rescue practice area. Where you can like practice. That's a pretty amazing idea. That's yeah. Like, they're not taking me up in it because you know, everybody's so good, but like, right. you know, maybe one day. Yeah, then we got people people getting hit by ricochets left and right. <laughs> yeah, but it's entirely right. just knocking it off. But I am a big advocate for that. I've never, yeah. I, I haven't really voiced this, but I'm glad I did because you share the same vision. <laughs> so, I am right there with you, man. Yeah, right. It's it's a practical practice area. It's where we're gonna be. So, yeah, <laughs> that's that's amazing. Um, but so, so what's your, what are your hours like? You, you get there, what time do you get to the course? What time do you leave? Uh, so there's obviously plus or minus, but we're six to two Monday through Friday. And then we're three hours on a weekend, half the cruise on Saturday, half the cruise on Sunday, hmm. you know, it's weighted a little differently. What, whether we want to hand mow on Saturday, hand mow on Sunday, but I change cups Saturday. The assistant changes them on Sunday. Um, you know, it's all, it's all been kind of set in stone for a long time. Other courses are different. They have more money, more equipment. They will mow uh, fairways on the weekend, you know? And that's not just a matter of having a fairway mower. That's someone with a blower behind them to clean them off. Mm. You know, I, you're not talking one employee and one piece of equipment. You're talking two and the gas to run all of it. Um, so it can, it varies definitely. I mean, then you talk to other places and they're like, yeah, we, uh, you know, mow our fairway at rough height and, uh, <laughs> you know, we mow it once a week. So that's what you get. I was about to say, uh, the mowing fairways on the weekend sounds very much like an old sandwich, uh, old, old sandwich thing to do right there. Uh, yeah, that's very much an old sandwich thing, which brings me into an unbelievable segue from Brendan again, because we want <laughs> to definitely, obviously Pocasset country club and born or Pocasset golf club. I know it's not Pocasset country club, but po Pocasset club. There, there is no tennis court. <laughs> did you see a pool on the satellite image it's a golf club no equestrian uh, center <laughs> yeah well, that's yeah. like up in that's like in it, south it, hamilton it's like it's myopia hunt club it's like why it's like well 
before there was a golf course here, we just used to hunt a bunch of crap over here. So murder, we murder called animals. it a hunt club. Yeah, we used to murder oh, yeah. animals. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I get that. But, uh, but definitely wanted to discuss, obviously, I mean, there are so many great golf courses on the Cape. There are so many very, very private golf courses on the Cape, which is, I guess, fortunate and unfortunate because, you know, um, but what would you say, and I know if you don't have a personal favorite, what would you say you believe if you cannot pick old sandwich, what would be the best golf course on the Cape? And I think I know the answer to it, but I want to hear your answer. All right. So first off, old sandwiches in Plymouth. I don't so care. That's not a Cape Cod golf course. Yeah. I just, I, I, I will get lambasted for that. I'm counting not on the Cape. I'm counting. Um, <laughs> I love that. I honestly, I mean, my heart is with Bocasset. It always has been. I think it's a perfect course for beginners, middles, and experts. I mean, I've seen this course eat like PGA guy, not, you know, Rory McElroy PGA, but like Brad Jackson. Yeah. Like, eat them alive okay it's not as easy as you think it is but it's you know amenable to your everyday golf i think it's i think it's a perfect golf course i love it it's not too snobby it's snobby enough um if i if you were twisting my arm and i couldn't choose pocasset man i haven't played enough of them uh i'm a poor kid at heart you know i was a you know uh holly ridge uh brookside uh, uh little harbor kind of guy like you know bay point um if you haven't paid uh played the bay club yet that one's awesome obviously everybody talks about eastward ho that's my nemesis i will never play there and i hate everybody that works there um Ooh. oh yeah no big oh. time rivalry big oh time. that's a bucket that's actually a bucket list course for me so i gotta hear this okay that's a that's a bucket list course for me really yeah. wow okay so, so now we gotta so, get into, right. now we gotta get into it so the cape cod golf guys they came onto the scene and they had a picture contest so i said no brainer i'm gonna put in a picture of book asset so they do the bracket, and I swear to God, it was that goddamn tree on Eastward Ho's Green 15 times <laughs> against me. And like it just felt like Eastward Ho, all of Cape was Eastward Ho, and it was me. And like I beat all of them, and I won it. And from that day, like I haven't said a nice word about them like it's all in good fun like I've, I've talked to people who work there like oh so you're my nemesis and they're like i guess i am and like i don't know it's like it's so two different worlds it's so far away from like i'm closer to boston living and born than i am to eastward all hmm. people so forget that the cape is actually quite quite a large and with chatham being very, very, just like 
the corner of the cave. It's literally the polar yeah. opposite of Falmouth. Like I had to drive from Falmouth to Chatham one day, and it literally took me over an hour. Right. People and are like, oh, do you know people in B-Town? And I'm like, no. I don't know. Like, it's an hour and 45 minutes away from me. Like, do you know people in, like, the southeast corner of New York? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, do you know anyone in Utica? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, hey, I'll just keep, like, naming random towns around. Like, it's not that close to me. Like, most of my golf was played Barnstable to Bourne. And over the bridge, Plymouth, Wareham, Mattapoisett, you know, but those areas. Um, Getting to the Catanza Club on on your spare time down there, you know, playing. Yeah, no, no, unfortunately, uh, you know, I don't get out to Farm Neck all that much, you know. Uh, you know, even though it is, you know, just a, an hour down to Woods Hole and then an hour over to the vineyard, an hour to Farm Neck, like, you know, and, you know. You get, I, I get it all the time from people not around here, you know, oh, you must play, you know, Oyster Harbor is a lot. And it's like, well, but I work at Pocasset. I get to play at Pocasset. Yeah. Oyster Harbor is like, it takes 40 minutes to get to Osterville. And then it takes 15 minutes to get to Oyster Harbor. It's like, it's not an easy place to get to. Yeah. Now I will say if Having played Hyannisport this year, my next course that I really want to play is Oyster Harbors. I'm looking at a map of all the golf courses on the Cape, and boy, did I not know there was this many. I played a bunch of courses on the Cape, but I've not uh, even scratched the surface. That's insane. Mm, you, yeah. could, you could do a whole. You could just do a whole. I mean, a lot of people do it golf trips. Like you don't need to go down to. Hilton Head to do like a, a hey, a hey, 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 thing. hey, 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 how dare you, sir? Anyways. No, the only reason I say <laughs> Hilton is the most courses in, in the, like in the area, so that's the only reason why, like Myrtle Beach, Hilton Head, it's just the most golf you got there. That's yeah. a very true statement, but I uh, but spend yeah, a lot of time down there, right? I get it, I, they're all very nice, except for that uh, damn Bermuda grass. I can go, go right down. <laughs> So tell me, so you have a nemesis in Eastward Ho, and you have a nemesis from Bermuda Grass. I got to hear, why do you hate Bermuda Grass so much? Or not why do so you I, hate it, but why is it your nemesis? So I don't, I don't hate Bermuda Grass. I, I wish we could. We're about 15 years of global warming away from being able to grow it. <laughs> And I, I shoot you not, uh, uh, Ryan Bjorn up at uh, Gillette Stadium. He's the superintendent up there. Like, he, when you see game day Sunday, when you see those lines, it's Ryan. Like, he is mm -hmm. the one in charge of all that. The practice facilities, everything. He's actually starting to over to try and overwinter Bermuda grass to see if it's viable in this area to grow uh, it could be i mean with proper prior planning preventing poor performance you know it, it could work we're not there yet for hmm. the majority i mean they obviously have you know different budget different expectations different everything um but we're not impossibly far off of that but if i could 
as soon as our grass is dying, verticut and then plant a whole new golf course, please. Oh, seriously, like we wouldn't want to do that and have a whole winter season with like a, a whole new like. So they do they do Bermuda grass or Augusta or Zoiza, and then they verticut and they do ryegrass for their winter slash summer like all right cool our grass all dies we've got velvet bent grass on <laughs> half of our greens from the 1980s that like the second it gets to like 51 degrees it's purple and dead like and mm. grass is never dead it's dormant mm -hmm. um you know, my boss will kill me for saying dead, but you know, it's it's dead as far as golfers are concerned. Um, so it's not a nemesis; it's probably more jealousy. <laughs> I'm gonna start saying that is that it's a dormant; it's not dead. Yeah. Oh yeah. My oh no, we get we get miles out of that joke. It's my uh my my goal to break par. It's not dead. It's just dormant, guys. Yeah, it's yeah, just my, dormant. My grandmother's dormant. She's not dead. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh God! Yeah. We went so my, dark yeah, my so mom, quick. My mom went dormant two years ago. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> She'll be back. She'll be back. Oh. <laughs> just a little TLC. She'll be back. So dark. So, so quick. quick. Warm weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why everyone goes to Florida. <laughs> oh God. But, and I know you guys, I know at least for like, uh, you know, for, for Cape and I, like you guys obviously include the islands when it's Cape Cod golf and everything, you know, when, when you do Cape, you know, um, and I know again, like there's just, there's so many great courses there, but it's just like, do you think that that's, a, I mean, I guess it's not an issue, but do you think that that might be one of the reasons why say, you know, Cape Cod isn't viewed as like a big golf destination is because mo a lot of the courses that are absolutely stunning and absolutely beautiful are number one private and number two can really only be played five, six months out of the year. That's a great question. Um, I think part of it is definitely the, you know, non year round ability of our golf courses secondarily i think we haven't had strong enough voices like getting it out to people that instead of going to hilton head in august like go to the cape you can play all these golf courses like you can go to hilton head in january like and a lot of people do obviously but like that's when I go. <laughs> I mean, but, right. But, you know, I always hear people like, oh, Long Island, like, oh, go to Long Island. Like, screw that. We, we are in the same growing zone. Like, their grass dies faster than ours does. Like, from New Jersey to us, like, there are so many good golf courses that, I mean, even our private course or even our public courses, like, you know, it's not Pebble Beach, but like, you're going to get a good route. And you're going to enjoy yourself like as long as you're bringing people that you're having fun golfing with this needs to be the destination as much as long island south carolina like 
all of these places that people visit to go golf, Cape Cod needs to be on par with that. And that is my ultimate goal. I mean, I, again, like Eastward Ho is my nemesis because nothing plays more than a heel and a face. Like, you know, like if, if there's no, if there's no tit for tat, like nobody's interested. Like that's what sells the tickets. Like come, come here, prove me wrong and tell me why Eastward O is an actual nice course and not 18 garbage bags. Like, I don't know. Like I, I don't know. You know, you tell me, you visit, spend money here and tell me why. I, I love that. Uh, Dan, 2024, mayor, mayor of Cape Cod. I, I love no, 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 no. Don't need to go too far into my background. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's the politics yeah. in the past? No, <laughs> nor in the future. <laughs> I'm trying to start the movement and let someone much prettier take over. Behind the scenes guy. Back, everyone needs a clubhouse guy. You gotta, you're the Locker. idea guy. Yeah, you gotta need a glue bag. Yeah, I chose maintenance over pro shop for a reason. <laughs> I agree. I, I love I, that. I love that. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, no, I could definitely see. I I do think, and and like maybe it's just I don't know. Like obviously, you can't really book, like you can't book D times at Eastward Ho, so like that doesn't really happen. But like, I I do wonder if just because you hear about you know and. Poke Assets is a beautiful course. You have Woods Hole right, right at, you know, right in Woods Hole, right, you know, right. probably one of the nicest courses, you know, in East Cape, on the east side of Cape, or on the west side of Cape Cod, probably one of the I, top I went down for a couple of days and took a bunch of videos and pictures for them as they were getting ready for their member gas. Like, it, it's gorgeous. Yeah, and you have these, all these beautiful courses, but it's kind of like there it is okay we can't because of the growing season because we only have six months out of the year in order to be profitable in order to you know have these amenities and and have all this we have to be a private club which i understand i just wish that they would and even if they wanted to charge like 350 or 400 dollars around like during the summertime like make it a month where like, you know, they open it up to the public and like that way, you know, you can play, but I also know that that would never happen. (laughs) Right. But I think, and you know, what I want to do is kind of lead this next group up in like reaching out to the public and like, I have playing privileges of Pocasset. I mean, you guys want to come down, play Pocasset. I'll talk you know, to other people, like, and I'm not promising to anyone anything, but like, with, you know, enough time ahead, there are people that you can reach out to that can get you out on a really nice golf course, like the Hmm. the private of the private. And then I'm going to be honest with you, some of the most fun I've ever had in my life is playing Falmouth Country Club. Hell yeah. Cape Cod Country Club. Brookside. I mean, that's golf for the sake of you and four friends having a great ass time. Bass River, I feel like, is the same way on Mid Cape. Like that, like that course is 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 it's public. It's very fun. 
Like I always had a good time whenever I played there. It's a little difficult, but you know, I mean, I grew up playing blue rock, which was a nine hole, you know, grew up, grew up playing that with my grandpa, which was a little nine hole. And then you graduate and you go to the bass, you go to bass river afterwards and, you know, but you always had a good time and it was fun. And it's just, you know, I, I, I hope that more people can experience that, but I also know that like, there are going to be like, there are going to be courses that are just going to be private because that is what they are. You know, you, I would say the country what's all as private as private can be no outside groups, no, nothing, no tournaments. You can join to play there. No, nothing. Like you gotta like, I don't know enough people like you have to know people there to play there. And there are those golf courses for sure. Um, same as there are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? um, and you can't change them all, but I do feel like the Cape has such like a very good mix of courses too, whether it's, you know, not really, I wouldn't call it link style because it's not really link style besides maybe like Eastward Ho is considered links, but I don't even know about that. Um, you have some great, you know, inland, cor- you get the courses on the inland, you have courses on, the river, the oceans, you got all of these great courses and, you know, only a handful of people get to play them. And and that's where I just like, ah, maybe open it up yeah. a little bit more, you know, but I, I feel like you've done a great job with that. Um, I think it's coming. Yeah. And Dan, I, th- I feel like, you know, you've done a great job with that opening up the world of Cape golf. I feel like, um, you know, what you guys did down for Royal Chappie was absolutely unbelievable being able to get, that that tournament up for for the birdie weekend it was that was that was was so much fun and shout out to the cape cod golf guys i mean they well obviously you know the bocasa was my connection chappie was theirs like that was that was perfect we got 40 people over two ferries on time to tee off at nine o'clock and play golf all day long have a blast that's impressive (laughs) <laughs> and even the guys working there like it's brad and it's chris i mean the two of them absolutely like put the red carpet out for us and they couldn't have been happier to have 40 but they probably knew five people who have played there before and the other 35 were all brand new faces and like as as a golf club that is on an island on an island off of an island to see 35 new people in a group of 40, like that makes your day Absolutely. at the end of the year. And it is, it is, you know, I, I feel like it was the perfect time of year for Royal Chappie too. Cause it is, it's, it's a beautiful course. It's right up there. And, you know, I, I do, I did love seeing like the, the pro shop being literally just a barn where they, you know, a little barn where, or, or I guess a shed and they just open up the door and they're like polo shirts. (laughs) So you get to see all these great things, but I I felt as though that's definitely, you know, going forward, that would definitely be like a bucket list course, uh, not, you know, a bucket list course for, for, for Cape golf. It seems like such an unbelievable experience. Next year, man, get on early. I know. I know. I got a now. Now, now I, now I know. Same 40 spots and you're fighting against everyone that was playing. I'm screwed we got we got some things in the mix for next year you guys keep your eyes open oh i will 
Oh, well. We definitely need to get some uh, duffing up uh, in on it somehow, whether we're playing, whether we're sponsoring a whole, doing something, giving swag. I think that would be awesome because it's, I mean, one, the, the social media golf community is, is powerful in general, but, yeah. but even tighter is we need to help people in our own home state. I mean, we're all, we're all in, in the same area. Um, why can't we grow? That I just I just had uh, Shaker Hills reach out to me with a with a really nice picture. They have a new Instagram. Um, whoever started it five years ago lost the password, and somebody new is taking over and reached out. And like in the past day, I've just been blasting them out. Like mm. they're not this new untried thing. They're the number one public golf course in the state of Massachusetts. Like well like they should not be floundering like like get them out push them out like get everybody following playing golf year round i mean december is beautiful to play golf like they're open till the snow falls like get Mm. out and play now i will ask on that side because this is well and we will have this question before we go into our lovely our lovely uh little rapid fire round which i'm sure you you have heard in past mm-hmm. episodes i, I have uh, some feelings excellent i don't know if anyone's ever going to beat jamie's uh answer last week where he just took it upon himself uh, to answer the question <laughs> i already start, reached out and he to just won it was unreal um but i i know that they're not, that they are real and i know that there is a reason for them frost delays i have a conspiracy theory against that they're not real. They're a false flag. They should not be. You need to tell me, as the Greens keep up, why we need frost delays. And I know it's probably to protect the grass and everything like that, but I need to hear from the horse's mouth before. Because So, so first off, can I hear from your mouth why you need a 7.30 tea time in November? Because I need to be back in 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 this chair in this chair, I need to be back in this chair at nine a.m. So are you, are you being are you being paid to golf? Because we're golf addicts. We have we have right. a problem. We have a well, golf then, addiction. We have an addiction. Then we have move, an addiction. Move down south. Move down south. We we I tried. Wow. <laughs> they didn't like right. me. <laughs> no, you know uh, I've seen it. I've seen, a, just yet. <laughs> I've seen it a hundred different ways. I would prefer. If they just canceled people's tea times, like I'd almost My say, guy. yeah, I'd almost, I'd almost say like force that just cancels cancels the tea time. They don't reschedule. They don't push it back. And I have yet to experience it, but I don't know if they tell you until you get to the course if you're right. Tea time's been but, canceled. but just think of it from my side. If if you push everyone back, we don't get out to work until the frost is gone. It's not that we are working while you guys are waiting. We can't open the restaurant until the frost is gone. So if we've got a hundred people stacked up, how do you expect us to provide this product to you that you're expecting? Well, like how? Because all you of a sudden, see. there's going to be 
45 tee times with three minutes between because everyone like nobody wants to wait but then all of a sudden there's a frost delay and you're okay with like chipping behind the group in front of you and scoring an eight on every hole just so you can get through the hole like i think there needs to be more communication between the back and the front and maybe some record keeping in that when it gets frost time you know and you go and choose a tea time it says like taking this tea time does not guarantee that you will ever get on in this golf course today until the 8 30 tea time or the nine o'clock tea time like come nine o'clock the frost is gone every single time every single day every single any like outside of some real crazy time like you need to know what you're signing up for and we don't we also don't want people taking these 7 30 tea times and then getting pissed at us and said well there's no frost at my house well then go chip around at your own house just just let just just throw me two day old clam chowder and i'll be happy jesus christ that's all i care that's <laughs> peppers isn't open either absolutely nobody's there, open but we're expected to blow the frost off like uh it's been a long-standing issue i think again let people know what they're getting into the chance you know if you take this tea time there's a chance that it's going to get canceled mm. and it's not going to get canceled until, you know, until Dan gets out of bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it, if you take an, there have been times where it's been nine o'clock before we've been able to get out on the golf course because it's not, it's not one area of the golf course. It's like, if there's frost in one area, the whole golf course is shut off. Mm. To me, to you, to everybody. So, you know, once we get into these times, like, and it's only that few weeks, really, where it's not cold enough, but it's not warm enough. And, you know, give us a break, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> I agree. I, I agree. This, this started out as a nice wholesome podcast and Brendan really just pissed him off. And now we're all, now we're all, <laughs> sure we, did. Got we got beef here. I think, no, I, I, I get it from your guys point. Like if the tea time's open and you take it, you expect it. Like frost delays are a false flag. They're it is. It's, real. It's, <laughs> the communication between maintenance and pro shop has never been great anywhere. And that, you know, and that obviously comes from the fact that we're there at six, the pro shop is there at seven 30. And I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things involved there. Um, it's tough. It, it's, it's our most difficult time of the year. No, I, I completely understand that. I, I'm just, I just like being able to get out there early. And unfortunately now in November, I yeah, you, you like, you October, like you like Bermuda grass, you like getting out early. It just doesn't sound like you like living in new England, man. I don't know. I can't, I can't move. It builds character living here. <laughs> no, no true words have been said. Brendan is a snowbird. Through and through. <laughs> oh, I'm absolutely a snowbird through and through. I love it though. 
Oh man. All right. He's gonna be man. uh Rock Limbaugh doing half half the year podcast from Florida soon. <laughs> Imagine that. Oh half the year from, from South Clearwater, Florida. Gonna be wearing yeah, they're wearing a winter jacket in 80 degrees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will never you be guys that wouldn't man. believe what I read in the newspaper today. <laughs> I'm too I'm too I'm too big of a man to be wearing winter jackets uh, in 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 70 degree weather. That's for yeah. sure. You probably haven't seen my glasses fogging up. I'm wearing a sweatshirt. <laughs> so, so normally, so we, we always do these these golfer poll types questions, and I want to do a spin on a, a regular question that we normally have, um, mainly because um, you, you know this course inside and out, Pocasset. Um, so usually the question is, if you could have any hole in your backyard. Ninth hole, Pocasset. Ninth hole, it's I was... I was looking, I've been watching the course, uh, course tour videos, and that is arguably, uh, well, from what I would say, a better finishing hole than the 18th with the club coming into the clubhouse. It's beautiful. I I have long said that they should flip. The 10th hole is the worst hole. Yeah, I think the 10th hole wouldn't be a bad starting hole because then you could just let it go. Having it be the tenth hole, the first hole on the turn with a really hard back nine coming, like I mean, you finish with an uphill par three and then two monster par fives with postage stamp greens and then like a hidden like long par four, I think eighteen um I mean, it usually takes me six shots, so I you know couldn't tell you, but the ninth hole I think is the perfect hole pocasset it's a long par five it's a great tee shot forgiving but at the same time it's forgiving for a newbie but if you're playing for a birdie it is not forgiving like you have to play it right there's Mm. bunkers but there's not this overwhelming amount of bunkers it's a narrow approach it's a dog leg it's kind of blind it's it's got a little bit of everything and man if i could have a hole in my backyard it'd be the ninth hole love that i I've, i was looking at that and it, it looks amazing for for those of you listening um it is a from from the whites it's a 461 yard par five um and then going all the way uh to the blues 48 488 yards and uh all the way from the tips is 499, which is gold, gold there. So mm-hmm. um, it's pr- pretty immaculate. And you, I definitely advise you, they have a, uh, a YouTube video for every hole, uh, like, like drone footage of the layout of each and every one of the holes. And I, I personally love that when a course has that. So you're able to actually yeah. picture what you're looking at. Um, and it, it's gorgeous. I mean, it comes right in. I, and I, I'm huge on uh, ending uh, I, I wish 18 at Picasso was with a par five, but I, I'm big on uh, a finishing hole being a par five. So coming in at yeah. on a par five, it gives me a long hitter, um, a chance chance for birdie, probably par, probably bogey. And but, I uh, love the green too, because it's like a full half of it is this big sloping hill with kind of a C around it like the letter c of pin placements that like you know wherever it is you can play the hill like 
Oh man, I I think it's perfect. I think it's a perfect call. I hope they never change it. Love that. That's that's great. That's and it fits into my part. It fits into if they flipped it and it was the 18th, it would fit into mm-hmm. my big goal of every every hole every course should end on a par five to give you a chance at bir- to give you a chance at birdie to end the yeah. day. That's a big thing of mine. I love. I absolutely think that every hole, and especially in tournament play, like like uh, PGA Tour, I think every hole, every ending hole should be a par five. I don't know why. I just like it. I think it's cool. Anyway. I also think. I also think they should flip real quick. I'm not a big handicap guy, but if you are, um, the I think the second hole you get a stroke, and then the last couple holes you get a stroke. So you've already lost at that point. So. I think they just need to flip it. Mm-hmm. 10 is one, one is 10. I like it. That's your next crusade, Dan. That's your That's next that. crusade. <laughs> I'm not going to die in the hill, but I'm certainly going to putt on it. <laughs> Love that. That's a good, oh man. Great, great line. That's great. So yeah. I know you teased it at the beginning, but any holes in one? Zero. Double zero. Uh, so that brings the Duffin Up podcast between the three of us, actually, if, and if we had our two hosts, too, to a whopping zero hole-in-ones. <laughs> yeah. I've seen six of them, but never, never. Uh, I came close, you know, what a story, but, yeah. you know, a couple yeah. inches is as close as I came, and that's as close as I need to until they get rid of that etiquette rule where I have to buy everyone drinks. And it's always then it's yeah right i know that's the thing i i always think that that needs that's what i'm waiting for like get rid of well, that you know why I'll, that's, get a, I'll get a ton of them yeah i mean you know why that's the rule right is because back in the day it was basically you wouldn't if if you wouldn't buy the entire bar a drink if you didn't actually make a hole in one so it was basically like an honor code like it yeah. was like it was like i'll show you that i made a hole in one i'll buy everyone a drink <laughs> No I, I have a season pass at a uh, at Fresh Pond in, in Cambridge, a nine hole course, and uh, I I want I get my hole in one there because uh, they don't have any alcohol on the premise. They don't have a bar or a cart girl, so <laughs> I got it. I think it's the the perfect loophole. Is only play courses that don't serve alcohol. Right, <laughs> dude. That'd be even worse. Do you owe everyone Dunkin' then? <laughs> yeah. Well, but, no, yeah. Dude, for Cass, it's the same way. I mean, I I can play. I just can't go into the the food and beverage area like so oh sorry i gotta go to my car but bye yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's a good loophole that's that's a good yeah. one <laughs> i guess you know? i guess you members who i played with have to invite me in and pay for my meal <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta buy a bunch of 30 racks and meet me in the parking lot <laughs> no oh that's funny and well, then fry guy i don't know if i asked this question i feel like i always tongue tie myself on this question so i feel like it's got to stay in the o'reilly family when when you ask so do we do we want to ask uh oh no wait we have two more sorry we have two more i'll yeah, ask two more. I'm, I'm waiting I'll on ask two this more. one i'll ask this one you're des- you're on a deserted island you have any club you got a whole year to practice before someone comes and picks you up what club what club are we taking i am hitting that driver as far as humanly goddamn possible as many times as goddamn possible until someone picks me up 
And then when I see them coming, I'm going to pepper them. <laughs> going to, they, they might turn around because they're going to be like, I, maybe he doesn't want to get picked up because he just keeps launching missiles at us. <laughs> oh yeah, no, nothing I like more than trying to throw my back out. It just trying to smash. Like I heard Jamie like, Oh, you can chip. You can just no. What? No, not interested. I want to smash drives. <laughs> That's amazing. I love and that. It, and I, I was actually thinking about that today. Is uh, you see a lot, like a lot of the time, um, you'll see, or or uh, often you'll see, like a, a spark come off the driver um, if you if you hit the ball a certain way or hit the tee a certain way. So that's one way you could start a fire too while you're on uh, on the island. Well. So I actually, I lived on a river and I worked at the golf course and I would pick up all the golf balls I could find. And I came home and I might have once pulled a different club out of the bag. Me and my friends would literally just sit there and smash driver and see if could hit it further. I mean, it's a <laughs> no brain. I've done it before on a much smaller scale, but yeah, no, that's absolutely driver all day long. Love I like it. I like it. Cool. That was that was very passionate. I like when the answers are passionate for all of these. So that's great. Yeah. Dan brings nothing but fire, nothing but passion in everything that he does. I've come I've, to, I've been come told to that. I've come <laughs> to learn. It's a blessing and a curse, I'm sure. But um, yeah. But, but from a deserted island to a dessert question. Um, what this, a segue! never been done before there um this is a question that is not golf related but it's something that has become a tradition on the podcast and if you've listened and in any prior podcast you know what's coming uh, and you may have a an answer locked and loaded but so uh, my brother came up with this question it's pretty stupid but it's but it's near and dear to our hearts so um so would uh, the question is would a cake be more offended to be called a pie or would a pie be more offended to be called a cake hmm are we talking homemade it's uh yes homemade on both sides homemade on both sides homemade Homemade on both sides could be store-bought Whatever it is, it has to be the it has to be the same. So it's either store bought on both sides or homemade on both sides. Store bought, I think they're the same. It's it's 180 grams of sugar per serving, and it's made on an assembly line. I think we can all get by. I was in food service before, like oh, that's true. Yeah, you you non non homemade, they can all get it equally. (laughs) Homemade. If I bring you a homemade apple pie and you so as much dare to call it a cake, we're fighting right then and there. We're fighting right it. then and there. Right then and there. Exactly. It is on site. These hands rated E for everybody. Call my pie cake again. <laughs> I, I love, love that. it. And it's funny because this, like, as I've been, uh, I've been re-listening to the podcast and hearing the answers, um, it's, it, I don't think that this topic, because it's, it's been tending to trend towards turning into if you're a pie guy or a cake guy. That's not the question. The question is, 
if the pie would be more offended to be called a cake, but you're absolutely entirely right. And that's, and that's, I think it just a vibe. It's a total There's vibe. so much more work involved. Yeah. Just imagine if an apple pie got called a funfetti cake. Like just you imagine know, that. Have you ever seen any of these shows where they make cakes and they go, oh, don't worry. We can fix that with the frosting. Yeah, Nobody ever that. said that laying like crisscross patterns with phyllo dough that they hand rolled out and like, oh, don't worry. I can cover up the inside of this pie with my hand cut crust. Like, no. And, uh, you know, some people do the forks around the edges. Some people do the pinches around the edges. Oh, yeah. No, you call my pie a cake and we're fighting. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh. That's I would also I, I like. Mean, I would like to add cheesecake can get it, and carrot cake is my favorite. There we go. That's that. Oh, that Someone is. Someone has listened. Oh no! Someone yeah, has listened to the boy, podcast. Boy, does that open up a can of worms? Is just thirteen years oh. of my life. I asked for a carrot cake for my birthday. All thirteen. <laughs> I was one year old. First word, carrot cake. Okay, you know, there was. There was. Yeah. I think my first word was no, which my mom always <laughs> likes to tell me. She, so that's she probably tried to give you something other than a carrot cake. Probably. <laughs> Even though I'm not, I, 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 I have, carrot cake has aged on me like fine wine, I will say, because I like it a lot. When I was younger, I hated it. And so now I've gotten, it's, it's, it's become an acquired taste of mine. Cheesecake was also an acquired taste, but that taste is now, that taste will never go away now. That is now, now I will, I'll eat a cheesecake out of a, a gas station. Okay. Yeah. Carrot cake. Homemade. And I'll eat the yeah. reason. Thank you. Again, if you go to stop and shop, you buy one of those like six inch rounds. We're fighting hands up. We're fighting. <laughs> Like, just don't even offer it to me. I, you obviously didn't care about dessert, which I do care about. Like, you could have done pound cake with strawberries. You could have done uh, just some sort of like biscuit with some uh, with some strawberries and uh, Cool Whip. I, I please dessert. I'm all for it. Don't insult me with a, a stop and chop six inch round. And honestly, that might hold up in court. Your Honor, it was a store-bought cake. I think. Like, oh, that's valid. That is. That's yeah, why. That's no. why I beat the the crap out of this Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Everything I dropped. Yeah. yeah. Who knew it would all fit? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that is so funny. But uh, but we have we've had uh, the the Trill Golf guys. They brought up cobbler as well. And it's just like, we had to very specifically break out like what is disqualified from the debate where yeah. it can just be pie and cake because like it was cheese. Someone brought up cheese. I forget who brought up cheesecake, but cheesecake yeah. was brought up and we were like, we can't have this because that is literally just pie and cake combined yeah. into one There's thing. There's chaos. We yeah. can't have chaos. <laughs> and everyone loved cheesecake. Like literally yeah. I've never, I, have, I don't even know if I've ever heard of someone say cheesecake is all right. Like, I think every single person I've ever talked to in my entire life is like, yes, cheesecake is the best. Like I said, you go into a mobile gas station and come out with a piece of cheesecake for me, I'm eating it. Yeah. yeah. You bring me out sushi, I'm, well, we're fighting. I got where yeah. for everybody, we're fighting. Then and that the, piece of cheesecake, for a while. that piece <laughs> of cheesecake from the mobile gas station will taste the exact same as if it comes from a New York freaking yeah. bakery 
and it will just be like, yes, this is just amazing. Like, this is just amazing. Yeah. It's God's gift. Now, creation. I, I meant to bring the sticker with me, but my wife and I spent a week up in Vermont and we drove a thousand miles. We just drew all around the state. And I drive by this place and it literally, the sign just said pies. So I come to a screeching halt. I turn around and like home baked from scratch. We bought, you know, just in case anyone's wondering about the key lime pie, it was amazing. But I also bought a sticker and it said pie fixes everything. <laughs> that is the most it. wholesome, warm feeling I've ever gotten from you just saying Vermont pie shop. And I'm like, wow, I like, I feel like I'm in a, I'm being yeah. hugged right now. Yeah, from all the be- places we passed, I was like, nope. Turn around, let's yeah, go. Exactly. Shop. There's an accident causing an accident behind you, but you got to get yeah. this. Yeah. Pie fixes everything. Pie can fix yeah. that. <laughs> My wife's got a concussion from smacking her head off the window, and I'm like, don't, don't worry. Well, pie fixes everything. Uh, yeah, you'll be fine. Just eat this. Take a bite yeah. of this. You're good. Oh, if that's not the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont, if that is not a story from there, then I, I do not know. I do not want to <laughs> know where in Vermont you got that from because that sounds like the most Northeast Kingdom Vermont thing of all time. Oh, yeah. No, it was definitely uh, north of Burlington. <laughs> Yeah, you, that's the Northeast Kingdom. That's the kingdom up there. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not advertising. You're not going to have big signs uh, out for pies if if your pie is not <laughs> unbelievable. So, right, that's no brainer. Oh yeah, no, that was pie guy. It's not, oh. Yeah, it's not a big sign that says gas station sushi this way. I'm not. I don't think I'm pulling in for that. But <laughs> right, it says like four set sandwiches or like hip cup <laughs> potato chips. It never says like rolled sushi from somewhere like right no. exactly yeah no. 99 cents <laughs> yeah 99 cent california roll like right no. yeah we gold no, we gold california roll yeah the packaging should cost more than 99 cents like <laughs> get out of here yeah there's it, there's a fine line between uh a, a discount and a just a, a ruining the rest of your week for that yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. that but pie fixes everything that's that's what your uh, the the caption of this podcast should be. The title of this podcast: "Pie fixes everything." Pie fixes everything. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and and makes yeah exactly. That's fantastic. Oh. But Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I could pick your brain for hours, but um, I know we all gotta go to bed or or just see the missus at some point. Yeah, right. We'll have to have you back on. I and- obviously have no shortage of uh, opinions, so. Oh no. And I know. I know Tim. I know when we when Tim gets I know when Tim gets back too. When when he'll he'll be back on the next one with you. He'll uh he will pick your brain uh, just about not just grass but golf course course architecture too and how you do it and how you mow it and how it looks so good. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. I love it. Oh man. Well, Dan, it. thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Anything you want to shout out real quick before we end? Oh, geez. Uh, everyone and everything. I mean, Cape Cod golf guys, obviously they're going to be coming on. You guys need to check out uh, South Boston golf club. Uh, they've done a ton for me. Uh, Jeff and Rory brothers, um, Jamie legend golf co. I mean, talk to them talk to 
Oh man, I, again, a million people I'm not thinking of right now. Um, but yeah, I love my it. wife. My wife too. She's, <laughs> she's <laughs> me from the corner, but now <laughs> she's hiding. Yeah, I picked the phone up. All of a sudden, she's running to hide. Oh yeah. man, that's, she heard, that's "Who hilarious. do you want to thank?" And I heard footsteps coming down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that goes with that. Thanks for that comment too. But I'll, you know, I got it out there. So, yeah, you guys know if I wind up dead tomorrow. I was gonna say it was nice talking to you in your last hour on this planet. You, you yeah. Are yeah. Dead, we appreciate we appreciate you spending it spending it with us, kind sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> appreciate it, guys. Great talking to you. Great talking to you, Dad. Thank you. You're welcome.